Alright everybody, good afternoon, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, and we are putting a bow on the 2022-23 NFL season, and uh, boy, it ended in a you know very dramatic fashion, a tremendous Super Bowl, we're going to talk a lot about that today. Wiz, how are you? Yeah, doing well, it's always a little sad when the Super Bowl is finished and there's that first Sunday that there is no football. I know you had that in between the championship week and the Super Bowl, but this is really officially uh, the uh, you know last Sunday was the last uh, Sunday we'll be watching football for uh, about six months. So uh, it'll be uh, sad about that, but uh, a lot of free agent uh, activity will be happening, and then that leads into the NFL draft and that leads to the upcoming season. And uh, we always enjoy that as well. Yeah. About 200 days to go to the season opener. So, uh, but there is a lot of ground to cover. You, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum about preparation for upcoming fantasy football seasons. If you think you're going to walk into drafts at the end of August and early September and, and just be ready to conquer the world, it's not going to be the case. There's a lot of layers of, uh, of research that needs to be done uh, if you want to take it seriously. Certainly, there's a, there is luck involved in fantasy football. Obviously, injuries are a big part of it, but doing your homework is is critical. And uh, Wiz and I have been trying to do that over the last few years uh, as we kind of detail the way we would look at things. Uh, you know, we've got the combine coming up, as was said. Uh, you got the free agency period, and, and the, you know, team rosters are going to change. You'll see cuts and stuff like that. Obviously, some of the stuff is starting to play out. Uh, with Derek Carr visiting and what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers after he gets out of his darkness retreat. So lots to be spoken about. Uh, But this is about the Super Bowl, which was a tremendous football game won by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, You know, Wiz, I'd like to, you know, pat you on the back and you could pat me on the back because I think we had a a rather good vision on this game and some of the things that which was going to transpire and and, and things kind of played out that way. Uh, One of the things that we did talk about was the experience, the coaching experience, Uh, Andy Reid with his continued success after two weeks off. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are champions again, and uh, Patrick Mahomes broke that schneid. Uh, I think it was 0-9 that NFL Super Bowl MVPs uh, going into the Super Bowl, being able to win, and uh, that that was not the case. Uh, Patrick Mahomes really uh, finished a season where a lot of people had question marks about you know what this team was going to look like and what this offense was going to look like upon the departure of uh, Tyree Kill. Uh, but kudos to the Chiefs. They uh, they prevailed, and uh, they earned every bit of it. Yeah, it was a, it was a terrific game, and uh, I, I just don't get the people that are disgruntled with the refs or the refs that call that penalty and, um, and the hold against Juju Smith-Schuster, Bradbury. Um, the game, I know, because of the end of the game, that it appears that that changed and the other team, Eagles may have won or the Eagles would have got the ball back with three down three with a minute and a half or a minute 45 left. But there are other plays. I mean, the Eagles were at up seven near midfield and it was third and a foot and it was a legal procedure. And then on the next play, Jalen Hurts fumbled the ball and instead of possibly going ahead 21 to seven or 17, seven, uh, it was 14 up. And, uh, it was just one of those games, another play right before the half, the Eagles are driving and Devonte Smith, they call that in, in bounds and then they reviewed it and they called it an incomplete pass. That could have been uh 28, 14 at the half instead of 24, 14, 
Butkin hitting the cross, you know, uh, hitting the, you know, missing that field goal. Yeah, there, there were just a lot of things in the course of the game, and just people tend to look at things kind of like near the end of the game and think that's the thing that decided it. But, yeah, I, you know, when I look at it, I just think the better team won. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it's a, that's the bigger story. I, I agree with you. And, um, I, and, and you know, I, I don't care. I think the point is there probably was some selfishness. Obviously, if you're an Eagles fan, you're, you're incredibly frustrated by the penalty. But there is some selfishness. I think a lot of us would have loved to have seen, you know, the opportunity for Jalen Hurts to try to go down the field and maybe tie it and put the game into overtime. Uh, but, you know, that was a hold, right? I mean, granted, it's a tough spot. They let them play most of the game. But, you know, a hold is a hold. And, and, and that was definitely a, a proper call at the time being. I think the bigger story was for me, and I, and I think you also pointed out the better team won. I, I felt that the two best players on the football field going into this were Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Um, and, and I still think it played out that way. Tremendous job by the Kansas City Chief offensive line the I mean, you talked a lot about this whiz about you know not really having tremendous competition down the stretch we, we both spoke about it and i think you know at the end of the day the chiefs are a much more form- formidable opponent than the eagles saw uh, and when the eagles did see a formidable opponent uh, they struggled against them and the fact of the matter is that chief offensive line held up really really well no sacks allowed to the eagles uh, the Eagles fell prey to the same exact play on two different occasions around the goal line, two different players involved, two different sides of the field, but same result, a little bit of motion, tricked the entire team. Um, the better team won, and uh, true, they had the ability, the Eagles, they it looked pretty ugly going into halftime, potentially. Uh, they were. I think the Chiefs were probably pretty lucky to be down just 10 going in. Uh, but that's the way it played out. I think the worst part of the game, though, is by far, and I, I, I really have to understand what took place. The fact is that you have weeks and months to prepare for the Super Bowl. You're on the grandest of stages. And how the NFL allowed that field to become a factor in the game. Again, both teams are on that field. But that playing surface and George Toma, you know, he's a famous name when it comes to turf. He was part of this, you know, he's older. I think he's like 95 years old now. But the fact is, the Arizona playing surface was a problem early in the year. The Chiefs had injuries. Butker got hurt on this field early in the year. Uh, Kyla Murray went down. How that was allowed to happen for the Super Bowl, I have no idea how that transpired. But I really hated seeing that part of the game was. Yeah, there were a lot of plays that looked like they were playing on ice, um, just slipping and sliding uh, in, some, in some crucial moments. Uh, so th- that was kind of disgraceful uh, that they let them play on that kind of a surface. But, uh, you know, you just don't want to detract, you know, the magic that is Patrick Mahomes, who <laughs> a high ankle sprain keeps keeps all of these players in the NFL for six, eight, ten weeks. The guy came back the next week. He looked like he didn't miss a beat. Re-injured it uh, before halftime. Came out in the second half and, and, and was unstoppable. I mean, it just—he's just a remarkable player, and uh, he has put himself in that you know echelon with the top top guys that have ever played the position. It might be in my in my opinion, and if that trajectory continues. Um, he could be at the very, very top of it all when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, it is remarkable at age 27. He's got two Super Bowl wins. He's won every division title since he's been the starting quarterback of this football team. 
Uh, it's been an incredible run. Uh, they lost in a Super Bowl as well, but they've been in the conference championship each each and every year that he's been the starter. Uh, I agree with you. He's 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 elite as it can be, and a courageous player to overcome that injury. Uh, I think more impressive in this particular football game where it was old school Bill Parcells time of possession. The Eagles held the ball in this game for 37 minutes. Patrick Mahomes was able to put up 31 points in just 23 minutes. Uh, one of those touchdowns that the Chiefs scored was a defensive touchdown. Uh, you know, again, not not the most glamorous numbers in terms of uh, in terms of uh, passing yards, but they didn't have the ball uh, the entirety of the game. And I think we talked about this too. Is I mean, uh, all the fanfare around someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire a few years ago, where he was uh, at picked at the end of the first round, and here is a kid who's got a great story, by the way, and that's Isaiah Pacheco out of Rutgers, uh, drafted in the seventh round, and just incredibly uh, perform uh, his performance uh, at the end of the season, where you know the vaunted Eagles defense had tr- he he was able to move the chains with consistency in this football game, and Pacheco is going to be a guy. Um, that I think will continue to grow in confidence and, and as a player. And, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of people talking about him come the beginning of next year when uh, fantasy drafts are upon us. Yeah, I love that player. I mean, I drafted him in, in, in more than half the drafts I had, uh, including a, a keeper league that we're in. Um, yeah, I think I think there's some real big takeaways going into next season. On the Kansas City side is that Andy Reid really, you know, trusted and 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 use Pacheco in those crucial playoff games um you know and and you know look he's a terrific runner and he runs hard and he runs with a purpose but to play for Andy Reid and when you have a quarterback like Pat Mahomes you have got to be able to pass protect and the fact that they kept him on the field and and he really put Jarek McKinnon as a, almost a handcuff to him not almost I mean the disparity in playing time in those playoff games is pretty remarkable and uh Isaiah Pacheco, the confidence level after playing that well in the playoffs in the crucial games, the biggest and biggest and most important games that you could play in is pretty remarkable. And uh, I just think he's on a ascending trajectory uh, and uh, has to be a player that you have to look at in a big time way for uh, the upcoming season next year. Yeah, no doubt, and I think uh, you know I, I don't want to I don't want to minimize anything that the Eagles were able to accomplish this season because we talked about how even these two teams were coming into the season the same amount of points, the same record. Uh, Jalen Hurts was, aside from that fumble, absolutely fabulous in this football game. Uh, I thought his receivers played very well, his tight end played very well. They got nothing out of their running game uh, aside from Jalen Hurts. That is, the running backs really were were unable to get anything going. Uh, tremendous. Uh, uh, Catch by uh, AJ Brown uh, in, in the uh, in the first half to catch that touchdown uh, where he really went after that ball. Uh, you know everything that we thought you know we knew that AJ Brown was, and you know I don't want to take anything away from what the Eagles accomplished this year. Jalen Hurts was absolutely incredible. He'll be very very highly touted as a fantasy prospect at quarterback next year. The Eagles will rush to get him signed to a long term extension. Um, there's a lot to be excited for if you're an Eagle fan. Plus you have two two upcoming first round picks uh, in, in, in next year's draft. So uh, a lot of good things happening in Philadelphia. They're going to have to work out some free agency issues uh, on the defensive side of the football because they have a lot, a lot of them. I think eight of their 11 starters are free agents coming into the season. 
Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a terrific season for the Eagles, a terrific season for second-year head coach Nick Sirianni. Uh, and they're going to have some work to do, too. You know, he loses two of his top um, coaching assistants, right? His OC and his DC uh, in Canada and China go to Indianapolis uh, and going off to Arizona. So changes for Philadelphia, but... Jalen Hurts, uh, I, I've got nothing from uh, nothing but adulatory uh, commentary for him, uh, Wiz. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm a little concerned about the Eagles for next year by losing the offensive coordinator, and they're going to have to bring in somebody new. So, look, I mean, it, it, you know, terrific, terrific season, and absolutely, you know, it was a, they they were just electric and him running the ball and throwing the ball. He was just absolutely superb, Jalen Hurts. But uh, i got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about what that's going to look like next year, losing the coordinator um, who, you know, who was responsible for a lot of that offense. So, you know, it's, I think it'll be uh, – I think I think it's going to be interesting to say the least. So let me ask you this: Was you know, just taking you know kind of taking a little step back here? I mean, you know, we have a situation to me the way it looks like it's brewing right now, where I, the the shift in power uh, from the conferences is so in favor of the AFC here, right? Like you know, you talk about the the best quarterbacks in the game, you talk about some of the better offensive talent. I mean, you know, there are just you know when I look at the NFC a quick glance. There's like two or three teams that I say, okay, you know, maybe they can be, you know, one of those few teams is going to be the team to beat at the end of the year. But the AFC right now, I, I would still say that it's any one of five or six teams. You know, the Chiefs were the ones to be this year. But, you know, you're talking about a much more elite set of teams, um, and that's for the upcoming season as well. The balance of power has clearly shifted in favor of the AFC right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think, uh, you know, it's it there. It just it just is what it is. I mean, um, there are a lot of. It just seems there are more and more question marks with the NFC, with the Aaron Rodgers, where he's going to go. Uh, Tampa Bay losing Brady. What's going to be with them? Um, and these AFC teams just, you have these, uh, you know, a lead group of three or four teams, and then you feel like there are other ascending teams, uh, like Jacksonville and Miami, who couldn't put them, could put themselves in that group because they have, uh, terrific young quarterbacks and, and offenses and, um, the, the offense, the offense, the offense in the AFC to your point is, to your point is absolutely stacked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's been fun to watch again uh, for, for, for the upcoming season. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. I have on the game was actually I do have one other comment, and I think it's kind of I, I'm curious to we haven't spoken about this at all, but I thought um, you know Greg Olson, uh, who was the color commentator for Fox in this one, and um, I, I think has done a pretty nice job uh, just after a couple of years of being uh, um, an announcer. Uh, and I think he even did a better job in the Super Bowl. A lot of very astute points. He he kind of toned down um, the amount of commentary that he was having in, in, over the course of a game and, and let the game kind of talk a little bit more. It's going to be an interesting situation with Tom Brady uh, potentially uh, moving into the, the number one seat at Fox. 
But I just want to commend, you know, the rise of both of those guys, both Kevin Burkhart, who was a former uh, sideline guy for the Mets, and, and Greg Olson, uh, who I thought did a terrific job in the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, kind of getting a raw deal, I think, you know, given Brady really doesn't have an, anything accomplished as a receiver. Obviously, we know who he is as a player. That doesn't mean it will play, play out that way. But I, I'm curious to see how that shakes out uh, by, by time all is said and done. But uh, I applaud the efforts of, of Greg Olson. Uh, in the Super Bowl and over the course of this season. Well, well Brady's not going to be in any, doing any commentary in 2023, Co- right? Correct. He, he, first year is 2024. That, so, yeah. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. I do. But there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. I think he has his He's more on, like, something with ownership. And I, I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying. But uh, I think it's right now a 50-50 whether we'll ever see him in, in that position. I think he's the type of guy with different opportunities that are going to be offered to him every single day and uh, I think he's the type of guy I've always felt that about him and Peyton Manning as well that kind of ownership of of one of these teams one of these franchises is probably more of a direction where I think they'll end up but uh, one other thing that I wanted to add is uh, where I am tempted as soon as these odds come out to make a, a pretty sizable bet on the Carolina Panthers to win that division. Um, yeah, they're, they they're, they're doing some really interesting things. Yeah, they really are. I mean, a lot of this stuff is going on under the radar because of this quarterback situation where Lamar Jackson may end up. It's not with the Ravens and Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr free agency, but there's some stuff going on in Carolina, and I just when those odds come out, I, I think they're really a lead pipe cinch to win that division. The more I think about it, um, I just love everything they've done in uh, picking ninth. Uh, I think the last piece of the puzzle for them is getting themselves a young quarterback, um, and uh, and then go from there because uh, we've been talking about this for a while. They certainly have a championship defense and. Uh, they had that ground and pound working with those three running backs and DJ Moore, and they got some. They have some interesting players, and in, uh, not only just the to win that division, but uh, I think Carolina can be a real contender in the NFC, depending on what happens in these next couple of months. So uh, I'm looking to see when the lines come out, and uh, I, I just wonder if they're going to fall for the same stuff with these teams that they've made the favorites, because I, I just feel there's a changing of the guard that's about to happen. And if they keep making the Saints and Tampa Bay favorites over Carolina, I think there's a real opportunity to maybe get three to one uh, or something like that on Carolina to win the division, which I think is absolutely uh, outrageous. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, Before the season started, I thought two things would happen. One, that the Carolina Panthers would win more than seven games, uh, which they, or seven games or more. I think the line, I think the line was six and a half coming into the season. So I ended up getting that one right but he didn't make the playoffs, unfortunately. I think you're completely correct on that young defense. Uh, they get a very energetic uh, you know, uh, uh, coordinator now coming in from Denver. Uh, so I think that will be a nice one. Uh, you mentioned Frank Reich, of course. Uh, yeah, the pieces are in place there, and that division is now completely wide open. It, it, the whole landscape of that division is shifted. I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback on any of the teams in the NFC South at this point. Well, actually, I guess Desmond Ritter is the only guy that we do know is going to be a starting quarterback. The rest of that division is wide open. So, uh, yeah, definitely will be one of the more, um, I would say, complex situations in terms of who, who's going to come up on top in that division. Yep. Looking uh, looking forward to it. And I guess uh, 
We'll be off until the uh, free agency bonanza, uh, and uh, and that starts in about a month. So uh, and then that leads obviously into the uh, draft, which is always always exciting. So uh, we'll take a little time off, but it's been a, a great season, and uh, enjoyed uh, as as always uh, doing these things. Yeah, absolutely, Wiz. And I, I want to say if you if if you didn't listen to us before the Super Bowl and take our advice on what we thought we. I, I'm not sure we got anything wrong in terms of advice going into the Super Bowl, right? I mean, God, that was one of those deals where if you listen to the podcast and you just bet a same game parlay with just the things we liked in the game, it was like I don't know seven and oh, eight and oh between yeah. the two of us of things that we liked. Every everything was a winner, and it was a a fairly easy winner, and uh, <clears throat> it was uh, it was just it was just one of those games, right? Yeah, good way to, good way to end the season on a high note. So, uh, Wiz, it's been a pleasure this season. Uh, so that, that, like I said, puts a wrap on uh, this past season, but we're going to get to work very quickly on the upcoming season. So good weekend to everybody. Thanks for all the support this year. And, uh, Wiz, uh, you enjoy as well. We'll speak soon. You got it. You do the same. Yep.